amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. it so it will be crazy calls me sure I'm crazy crazy in love you see like the wind that shakes the bow This is Paranormal News. I'm Brad Bernards. Japan has its eyes on the moon with two new partnerships designed to advance the country's lunar goals. The nation signed on as a partner to NASA's Artemis program, although the details of that partnership have not yet been specified. Space.com reports that a representative of the Japan Aerospace Exploration Agency, or JAXA, also spoke October 22nd at the International Astronautical Congress held in Washington about a potential partnership with India's space agency on another lunar mission. It's not easy to succeed in our mission, Ryo Hirasawa of JAXA said during a presentation. We decided to go together with ISRO, he added, referring to the agency's Indian counterpart. The two space agencies are embarking on a Phase A study of such a mission's feasibility. But right now, the pair would aim for a launch around 2023. Japan would provide the rocket and rover, Hirasawa said, while India would provide the lander. The mission would last for about six months and target a constantly sunlit region near the moon's south pole. There, the mission would investigate water, preparing for later missions in which JAXA would like to use ice as rocket fuel. Israel had pinned its hopes on becoming the fourth country to land softly on the moon, and although the country's team failed on its first try, it still intends to try to claim that coveted title. The Bereshit mission attempted its landing in April, but a computer glitch late in the process meant the spacecraft didn't slow down properly during its descent, according to reporting on Space.com. Six months later, a representative of Israel's government-owned aerospace manufacturer gave attendees a recap of what went wrong and an 
introduction to what Israel hopes to do next at the moon. Bereshit was designed to be as cheap as possible, with the mission price tag coming in at around $100 million, space systems engineer Ehud Hayen said. We have little to no redundancy in the systems, he said. This makes it very cheap, but also very risky. Find out more at ParanormalRadio.com. This is Brad Bernard's Paranormal News. Shack on a hill in the mossy creek bottoms of Cane Creek, Arkansas. This is Lighting the Void, and I'm your host, Joe Roop. Thank you so much for joining us tonight live on the Fringe FM. We're here every single night, Monday through Friday night, 9 p.m. Pacific to midnight, and live on the Fringe FM. The listen line, I keep forgetting to tell you guys, we've got a listen line just in case you lose your data, which is 701-719-3971. Apparently, that's been needed in the West Coast a couple of times, so keep that handy. Also, the call-in number tonight, anytime you want to call in, is 1-800-588-0335. Tonight's going to be very interesting. We're going to, this person has never been on the show, and we're going to talk about the psyche. We also could be talking about levitation. Our guest, Michael Grosso, is an independent scholar, and he's a part of an ever-growing group of scholars and thinkers critical of the prevailing materialistic view of the world, and he's taught humanities and philosophies at Marymount Manhattan College, City University of New York, and City University of New Jersey. Some of the books that he wrote, check out these titles if you've never seen them, The Man Who Could Fly, uh, St. Joseph of Cobertino, and The Mystery of Levitation. Levitation. Imagine if that really was real, if somebody could actually do that. I remember a movie that I watched once was uh, The Boy Who Thought He Could Fly. Actually, I think the name of the movie was The Boy Who Could Fly. I remember watching that when I was a kid and thinking, how cool would that be if we as humans could actually uh, do that? Um, so, yeah, we're going to talk about that. I'm, I definitely want to look into that. He also wrote Wings of Ecstasy, 
and experiencing the next world now. And uh, we're going to talk to him in just a moment. I do want to give a quick shout out to the sponsors, GetTheT.com. Make sure you guys get that D365, man. That stuff actually helped me. I forgot to take my tea today, and I was like, great. I don't want to take it right before the show. No problem. Took the D365. Good to go. AncientLifeOil.com. PrepareWithTheFringe.com. And TheFringe.fm forward slash optics. I know some of you guys went over there, and you're looking around. <clears throat> Let me know which night vision goggles you like the best. Also, please keep those Void Walker things coming. I've gotten a whole bunch and I can't, I only need, probably need about 10 more. So if you haven't done that yet, well, please do that if you want to. It'll be cool. I'll, trust me, I'll make your voice sound really good. Go to the contact page on lightingthevoid.com, hit the speak pipe button, tell us why you're a void walker. Basically, just say, you know, I'm so and so. Like the way I would say it is, hey, I, this is Joe. I'm from Arkansas and I'm a void walker. And then say maybe why you like the show. And uh, I'm going to make a whole montage out of it. It's going to be really cool. And thank you guys that have done that. I really appreciate you guys that have been doing that stuff. It's fun. So if you can tell, I'm a little high strung because I've been running, running all day. And uh, we just got so much stuff to do. Good news coming. I got meetings all day tomorrow. So I'm pretty stoked about the future of this show as well as uh, lighting the void as well. And the future of UFO seekers and what they're going to do. Go check them out, ufoseekers.com, backed and supported by the Fringe FM. If you've had a sighting, give them a call, 661-UFO-7889. And for the love of God, go watch the best stuff in ufology you've ever seen in your life at youtube.com forward slash ufoseekers. So as I was uh, speaking about before, uh, Michael Grosso is here with us. And I am so happy to have you on the show because, first off, Thank you for coming on Lighting the Void. Before I start popping you with all these big questions, I really appreciate you coming on. My pleasure, uh, Joe. Uh, I'm glad that you invited me. So, can and I'm just going to go right out the gate with this. Do you, it, it, is levitation a real thing? Do you think it's a real thing? Do you believe that it's real, like this really happened? It's, I don't believe it. I know it because I've witnessed it and I've... Uh, read extensively into the literature. I've interviewed people who have witnessed uh, or even experienced some forms of levitation. But on the other hand, I don't blame you or anybody else for thinking of it as something, uh, you know, near impossible because every day, in terms of everyday life, it, never, it rarely seems to happen. It's a rare phenomenon but uh, I can tell you that, uh, in my opinion, uh, there's uh, an overwhelming amount of evidence. If you do the, do the research, if you like, I'll tell you the story of my own witnessing uh, a levitation. Uh, would you like me to do that to start off? Oh, yeah, please. Sure. Well, I mean, I once taught a class with a, another professor uh, on personality development and we did all kinds of unusual uh, things we meditated and we did research on shamans and saints and all kinds of unusual phenomena mystical phenomena psychic phenomena and one day one of my students said you know when we were kids we used to play a game called light as a feather and that the, the kids would sit around and and take one person and just touch the one person and chant or something and say lift 
and the, and it would happen. So I said, okay, uh, almost as a joke, I said, it's okay. Let's try it now in class. So I had another professor uh, with me, and I chose uh, the heaviest and largest man in the classroom, an ex-Marine who must have weighed about 200 pounds. And so he sat down on a chair, and the idea was four women, young women, put their fingers uh, underneath uh, each, uh, underneath the knee and underneath the elbow in a way that you couldn't even push it up. It was the fingers, the top of the finger underneath. And we did some chanting and some breathing. We had the experience of doing these things together, so maybe that accounts for it. And uh, after doing this sort of chanting for a few minutes with with their hands on the body, just touching the body of this uh, gentleman, uh, I said, lift. And to my utter amazement, up he went. Uh, I I will never forget the astonished look on, on, on this man's face as he was up in the air. The girls were merely, there was no effort. They exerted no effort whatsoever. They merely had their fingers touching him as high up as they could reach. Uh, he went and then gently descended. And so, you know, that was a pretty shocking uh, and amazing experience. Later on, I looked it up on the web and I found uh, under uh, Light as a Feather, Games of Childhood, lots of reports. And I have met numerous people since that time that more women than men, I would say, who report that when they were kids, they played this game and they know they knew what I was talking about. So they have this marvelous phenomenon, which is so shocking and strange. Kids seem to know that it's real. Now that's just the beginning. Uh, and, but that's just a, my, an introduction. Uh, there's a whole lot more interesting material to talk about, but that's my own immediate experience. Wow. And, yeah. Uh, and, uh, I've also talked on, uh, I've been on other radio shows where people um, called in. And another phenomenon that I can uh, describe that I myself have sort of dug up cases that people have told me about, uh, accidents have happened. For example, a man uh, telephoned me once and described how he fell off a boat. Uh, with a bunch of friends, and they observed him suddenly slow up in space as he was falling just long enough and enough for him, for them to be able to grab him and save him from falling. He would have fallen underneath that the boat and might maybe ripped up by, by some kind of a wheel underneath. So he told me that story, and that was very interesting. And I've had other stories like that of people who are in the midst of accidents that suddenly seem to um, uh, adjust to gravity in a way that helps save them. So that's another class of types of of, uh, sort of rare but everyday examples of, um, of levitation.
Huh. So, so is this something that, uh, that you think we all have tapped into at one time in our life that we just don't, we're not aware of it maybe? No, well, I don't, uh, I, I, I've never had a levitation experience myself. I don't, don't think that most people have this, but, right. uh, the, the, as I say, the phenomenon is rare. It could be in a crisis. Um, but what the most, the strongest evidence for levitation, if, if you like, I'll mention it right now. You mentioned my book, The Man Who Could Fly, which is a detailed study of the life of a 17th century mystic uh, who was famous all over Europe. People came from all over Europe to not just because he did amazing things like levitate, but because he was also known for his sanctity and his ability to read minds and make predictions and all of that. But uh, Joseph of Copertino, who lived in six, from 1603 to 1663, uh, for the last 35 years of his life, as a uh, uh, once he became a priest, his entire career as a priest, until the very day he died, he actually <laughs> levitated on his deathbed. Uh, he levitated frequently and frequently in public while saying mass, while walking around with people, someone would suddenly say, oh, isn't that, isn't that, I remember one story, uh, one of his uh, comrades saying, we were walking along and I said, look at the beautiful sky that God created. So saintly Joseph gets so carried away at the thought of the beauty of the blue sky, they flies up into it. I mean, I don't know how high, maybe two feet, three feet. The, the longest, by the way, the highest that he ever flew, according to the records that I investigated, was 31 feet. Uh, that's not, wait a second, 31, uh, yes, 31 feet, that's pretty high. It doesn't matter whether it's one foot or 31 feet, right? I mean, if you're levitating, you are defying the fundamental force, the, the glue of the universe, gravity. Uh, so it's pretty marvelous whether you do it for an inch and one second or many feet in the air for hours, as the records indicate occurred with Joseph and other other uh, mystics from different religious traditions. I've done you know, enough research to convince me uh, that this is something that takes place all over the world in all kinds of traditions and in all kinds of circumstances. Still, it's relatively very rare. Yeah. You know, the only thing I ever saw on levitation was uh, this documentary where I watched these yogis who they were calling it yogi. What was it? Hopping or bouncing or something like that? Yes. yes I've seen that. Yeah. I, 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 that wasn't levitation. levitation. Yeah. That's not what I thought levitation <laughs> no. would be. Um, hey, that, that, that is. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I remember hearing about that, and and it just uh, and seeing films and watching them hop up and down, and I said that doesn't that doesn't hack it. That's nowhere close to the reality of the phenomenon. But it, it is certainly a fascinating, and I th I think I can say this about it, about the 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 levitation, the, the really striking levitations associated with shamans. 
Hindu mystics uh, and 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 uh, Catholic uh, uh, monks and so forth. But fundamentally, I, I would say this: almost in every instance, these levitations are the result of being in a very special altered state of consciousness, and that state of consciousness is what we we have a word for we call it ecstasy, but not ecstasy in the sense of just feeling wonderfully blissful, which is a nice form of ecstasy, but ecstasy to the degree where you are sort of out of your normal mental state. The word ecstatic means literally standing outside of yourself. So in the state of the, the, the mystics who get so carried away, in the case of Joseph of Cupertino, the energy and the engine that drove his levitations, he himself said, was love. <laughs> He's longing to go to heaven. You know, heaven is up. And by the way, sometimes he would levitate downward. And nine men could not lift him if he was moving downward. So it's very strange stuff, but it's definitely associated with extraordinary and unusual states of consciousness. And why that is so is another part of the discussion, and I'm not quite sure uh, if I have a, uh, a correct interpretation. In fact, I'm sure I don't. I mean, it's very speculative. What I am sure of is that the phenomenon is real. And uh, it's hard to accept that, and many people in, in science who are devoted to a more materialistic outlook uh, will simply, uh, they won't even listen to, the, to this evidence. I mean, all this stuff has been written down, documented, uh, by, uh, and sworn under oath. In, in days, by the way, when swearing on your soul <laughs> meant a whole lot more than maybe it does today to, to many people. But uh, anyway, that's a, that's a quick summary of, uh, sure. of the thing. So what are some of the other things that Joseph of Cupertino could do? What, could, uh, what were some of the things he was most well-known for that made him such a great mystic? Well, uh, one of the things that was really interesting was that you couldn't hang around this guy without him knowing what was on your mind. Uh, so there's many stories, and some rather amusing, uh, at, uh, that he would catch his brother, his brother monks. They'll, he'd say, uh, hey, Harry, I, I don't know if anyone was called Harry, but uh, I, you, you just then, when you were saying your prayers, your mind wandered, and you were thinking of, of eating some fruit for lunch, or something like that. Uh, so he was got to the point where he was became rather irritating to his fellow uh, 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 brothers in, in, the, in the monastery. So his superiors uh, told him and said to him one day, uh, Joseph, could you be a little more politic about reminding us of our of our little you know failures or where where our minds are wandering, wandering, and uh, it's it, it, it's a bit annoying. So in other words, be more tactful. So what he would then do is say things like, uh, "Okay, there, uh, you know, Harry. We'll say Harry again. Uh, you're going to have to keep your mind focused on what you're doing." 
or no, his favorite thing was to say, uh, you have to point the, your, the arrow, I think he used the expression, something like that, more accurately. So uh, he, that, that was one thing that he, he was, uh, he also had a knack, uh, we call it a knack, for precognizing uh, in, uh, the events frequently. Uh, he, for example, um, one day uh, there were two young men of the town that departed uh, to go north and to change their lives to look for work or whatever. And the and the mother of those two gentlemen uh, spoke to Joseph one day uh, after mass, after confession, and said something about her two boys. Uh, would you know? Would Joseph bless them? And he he said, "Don't worry about that. Uh, they're not going to get there anyway." And I think I forget exactly how he put it, uh, but it turned out a day later, uh, a couple of days later, that she got the message that both of them were killed in some kind of a fight. So that, that kind of thing. He had precognitive abilities. Uh, he had the ability to bilocate. So, for example, in one instance, he promised a fellow monk that he would uh, assist him at the moment of his death wherever he was, and whether they were separated or not in space. And it turns out that this fellow monk uh, was on his deathbed uh, in, uh, in the southern part of Italy while St. Joseph had, was, in, was in Rome. He had traveled to Rome. And um, it turns out that... Uh, the reports, again, you have to read the documents, he was seen entering the room of the, of the dying man, uh, and then when he left, before the dying man actually de- uh, did die, he told everybody, others, who had, some who had seen St. Joseph, he said, he came by and he was, he was here, Joseph was here. So that, that kind of thing he was able to do. He did the same thing with his, with his mother. When his mother uh, died, was, was dying, and they were living in separate parts of Italy, uh, he appeared at her bedside, and other people saw him there and later on swore under oath that they witnessed him in a place that they knew he couldn't be at because they knew that he was in a different part of, uh, of Italy at that time. So that was another uh, knack that he had. His, his stories of his healings were multiple. So uh, there was all kinds of uh, healing stories, really well documented, which I cover in my book. And uh, it's a little harder to be sure about uh, a miraculous healing, but um, it is, um, uh, from what I was reading, the, the stories are quite convincing that this man had uh, these amazing abilities. So I don't know, that, 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 that's uh, uh, a sort of a summary of some. You keep talking to me, asking, I'll, I'll remember other things, and, and, yeah, and sure. I can go on. Sure. Yeah, that, that, I think sometimes, well, I think sometimes we can hear a story, and, you know, like um, I, re- I read a book called The uh, Magus of Strovolos, where they talked about Doskolos or, 
Dr. Stelionis Ateshlis, who was who performed these types of miracles. And I think a lot of times uh, when you read a story, you can really tell you can really tell that there's something there, right? That there's something true yeah. about. It. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, but then there's always the question. Uh, it, it could be a fabrication, a deliberate lie, an exaggeration. But in the case of Joseph, uh, first of all, I, I, there were 150 written sworn testimonies of eyewitnesses describing in detail what they saw. And the people who described their witnessing Joseph's levitations were people from all walks of life, uh, surgeons, uh, fellow religious, uh, a pope, uh, uh, a cardinal, numerous nuns, people from the Inquisition who were funny about Joseph's abilities, uh, they wanted to make sure he, he wasn't in league with the devil and that he was doing this uh, as a result of his kinship uh, with the power of God rather than the power of the devil. Uh, so, and so 150 eyewitnesses spread over 35 years, but that number is a, frac- a fraction of the, of the number of people that must have seen him uh, levitate over a period of 35 years. Because not everybody at, at a mass watching him lift up at a certain time during the mass, you know, rushed off and wrote down what they saw. So probably thousands of people over a period of 35 years. Uh, people came from different parts of Europe. And by the way, not just to witness his uh, levitations, but uh, there are stories of some women, for example, who came just to watch him and they had sort of a, a very unpious attitude. They wanted to have a big thrill and watch this thing take off into the air. And when they when he when they approached him, he said, "Get out of here! I know what you're here for just to be amused by my my pheno- my phenomena." And, and, and then they suddenly became very pious. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And then he and then he got pious himself and lifted off. So this marvelously, sometimes very, I think, almost entertaining stories uh, of uh, of Joseph and his levitation. There are paintings uh, in existence commemorating some of his more famous flights. Uh, I'll, I'll mention one of them. Uh, at that time, the Spanish were occupying uh, southern Italy. 
So there wasn't too much of a, uh, of a love for when a Spanish uh, magistrate and his wife and retinue came and they wanted to watch Joseph perform, as it were, especially the women. And so Joseph was compelled to talk with these people. And once the superior said, you got to do something, he always obeyed. But then he said, I'm not sure if I'm going to succeed. So as he was approaching this group of Spanish dignitaries, he noticed behind them a statue of the Immaculate uh, representing the Virgin as uh, the Immaculate Virgin. And he got carried away. He did his characteristic scream. He would always, just before he would levitate, he would scream. A blood-curdling, frightening scream, by the way. And he flew right over their heads and hovered in front of this statue for several minutes and then flew back over their heads and put the cape over his head, bowed and apologized and said, sorry, I have to leave. The wife of the Spanish magistrate fainted at the sight of this man. It's interesting to talk about the reactions that people had to Joseph's levitation. Many people were quite frightened. Uh, others um, would weep uh, with awe. Uh, others would simply gape with complete wonder and, and spiritual admiration. But it must have been upsetting for some people, and it was for the Spanish magistrate's wife, apparently. They never got to talk to him. <laughs> Interesting. Fascinating story. I'll have to look into that uh, because um, I got interested in a lot. I'm interested in a lot of different saints, actually. I'm learning quite a bit about them from Gordon White. Uh, we got to take our break here, too. Um, but what I specifically sure. mean is he introduced me to, like, Giordano Bruno and then some uh, the magic of the saints and stuff, that there's was some real power there. So, yeah, this is interesting. Uh, I would like to look into this a little bit more. We're going to take our break, guys, but we'll be right back with uh, Dr. Michael Grosso. Stay with us. This is Corbin, son of the one and only Joe Root, and you're listening to The Fringe FM. Did you know that qualified patients can access medical cannabis in all 50 states? Anasense is a medical cannabis collective that helps patients in all 50 states gain access to cannabis medication. Anasense does this with a streamlined process and strict compliance with the Compassionate Use Act of 1996, the Affordable Care Act, and the U.S. Constitution. It is important for each patient to understand the legalities involved, the costs, and the benefits of cannabis medication. Through truth, legalization, and education, the medical benefits of cannabis will supplant recreational perceptions and the real vision for change will be realized let the people and their personal doctors take control of their medical cannabis decisions before the greed of big business takes over the tipping point for change is today and Canasense is ready to lead the charge and enable legal access for all qualified patients to medical cannabis through its proven system for more information go to the friends.fm forward slash care or click the banner on the website today i think by now we can get the information I love magic, and I'm lighting the void 
Each and every week, you will get to hear shows about magic, mysticism, and many other subjects that stretch your mind and imagination. So when I got my mind on the magic and the magic on my mind, I listened to Lighting the Void on the Fringe FM. It's magic. May the gods look with favor upon you. You're wondering what we're going to do to you, aren't you? Come, walk through the mossy creek and up the hill. Never mind the flashing lights and otherworldly shadows. They stay hidden within the trees. Come, step up to the shack and begin your journey to the answers that you seek. This is Lady Anne, and you are listening to Lighting the Void on the Fringe FM. Okay, here we go. AncientLifeOil.com AncientLifeOil.com Now this is for CBD. AncientLifeOil.com Dot com. Again, for CBD. Where do I get CBD? AncientLifeOil.com. It's pretty good stuff. Organic, non-GMO. We are the Ferrari of CBDs. AncientLifeOil.com. You know, they say when you mention a person's name three times when you first meet, that you're going to remember. So I'd say to you, nice to meet you, AncientLifeOil.com. It's AncientLifeOil.com, right? Nice to know that you help people. AncientLifeOil.com. Think about this. Occasional stress, occasional anxiety, occasional inflammation, occasional stiffness, and intruders that get you down. AncientLifeOil.com. Okay, so I'm going to give you a fact for the day. So Ancient Life Oil does not help you with business deals. Hold on a second. If you feel better, it could help you make a better decision. Okay, I'm wrong. Just remember to go to ancientlifeoil.com. All right, everyone. This is Justin from the UK. Excuse the chitty chitty. If you're into the fringe and you want to hear the brass tacks, me old China plate, Joe Roop, and his guests on Light in the Void will open your mince pies. You need to shut your northern self and use your 10-speed gears and listen to them bubble. You could hear a Barry Crocker, no Brussels, but he ain't no holy fryer. Anyway, you beat a Barnaby Rudge and take a butcher's. saying his name wrong, but um, I feel like I'm saying his name wrong. Um, Copertino, yeah. Joseph of Copertino. I had to check it out. Um, you guys yeah, you guys don't forget that uh, tomorrow night we'll be here as well, same time, 9 p.m. Pacific, and please go to that uh, speak pipe button there on the contact page and leave your name and your, where you're from, so we can get this thing together. I want to try to push this thing out by next week. Uh, so as I said before, Michael Copertino's our guest. I mean, sorry, uh, Michael Grosso's our guest tonight. We're talking about Joseph Copertino, the man who thought he could fly 
I thought, or the man who could fly, I, I get that confused in my mind. And the reason why I'm stuttering, because there was this uh, movie I watched when I was a kid, and it's like the boy who thought he could fly, and uh, he was in his barn, and um, he would just hold his arms out or whatever. And I don't know the name of it if I got it right. But when I was a kid, uh, Doc, I always thought that, hey, that would be cool if we could fly, and maybe we can. Yeah, uh, yeah. And now I'm understanding, and I wonder what your thoughts on this are as well, from a quantum level, that scientists are looking at things as if anything's possible now. It seems like there's articles that are coming out more and more each week and each month that's letting us know that all of this is perception, all of this is basically consciousness, and that once we realize this, we'll be able to do anything. Now, I would like to think that there are some fundamental laws that would keep us from just flying around like gravity. But, um, but yeah, I'm kind of stoked about the future, especially when it comes to mysticism. I, I agree with you, uh, Joe. For one thing, uh, I, ha- I do have a chapter in my book uh, on where I discuss um, what some physicists that, that I've interviewed uh, believe may be happening with levitation. And I find that uh, for example, one is a quantum physicist who said, look, if, if the evidence for levitation is real, I think that quantum mechanics can, can explain it. Uh, another physicist, uh, I'm not going to try to do that right now because I'm not, that, I'm not a quantum physicist, but I want to agree with you in, in what you just said. Sure. But one other, one other physicist had a somewhat different approach and doesn't talk about quantum mechanics, but talks about higher space as uh, possibly ex- explaining, being able to explain levitation. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll make one quick comment about that. If you think about all the things I just described to you that Joseph could do, unusual things like levitate and uh, uh, just the, all the sort of physically impossible things that are associated with saints and magicians and all that. Well, we can do them ourselves in dreams. For example, I'll bet you've had a dream, at least one or two, of flying dream. Have you ever had a, a flying dream, Joe? Oh, yeah, thousands of times, yeah. it seems like. And, 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 and I would predict that it always felt good. Yeah, because I've talked about this to dream researchers, and they say that one of the universal characteristics of flying dreams, they're, they're, always, they're always quite wonderful. I, I mean, I've had two or three and, and, in my life, and they, I, they were spectacular, wonderful feelings. And I have a feeling that's what it would feel, what it would feel like if we were act, levitating in space. So it seems as though our minds already are anticipating the possibility. But I didn't get to the point that I wanted to make. So according to uh, Bernard Carr, who was a physicist interested in higher space, uh, he's very interested in levitation. And one possibility is that the, the, the individual, the ecstatic individual who levitates, that something happens that enables him to enter while he's in, in the waking world into dream space. I mean, the whole idea of higher space, there are different kinds of spaces. We know there's a thing called dream space. You, when you're in a dream, you're in a form of space. 
and you can do these things in space. I mean, you're not someone who shoots you in a dream, <laughs> and you won't uh, you won't feel it or it won't kill you. You can levitate in a dream, uh, and so forth. So it is conceivable that the two types of space, under certain circumstances, are caused can be causing can be caused to fuse into one space, so that in the one space you can be perfectly normal and at the same time do things that are extraordinary. Anyway, that's a possible beginning from physics. You mentioned physics. I'm just trying to uh, agree with you and say, yes, we may yet learn the physics of levitation. And who knows what that's going to lead, uh, lead to in, in the future. Very interesting possibilities. I want to talk about something that I'm seeing on your website here. Something that okay. I kind of went through a little bit. Uh, you've got a post here on November the 4th. It says weapons against anxiety. And I know that ah. you have, you have, um, <clears throat> like me, you've got some pretty good ideas about society and how we should start looking at things. And you know, that the physical realm, material realm is not everything. And I mean, you make that pretty clear in your writings and that we need to take a look at everything else. But what you have, no, you have stated here that you notice that reports have been multiplying, uh, about, the growing epidemic of anxiety. And I've talked about this on the show quite a bit. And I truly think that this comes from, and I would, you know, I'm no professional, so I want to know your opinion on this, but well, this comes from us not being who we truly are and thinking that we can't be that. And it keeps us from being happy based on our, our, uh, society's pressures, you know, I, I absolutely agree with you. I, I feel that, uh, when you look at the anxiety, I mean, it, 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 there are many reasons, uh, as I say in that piece, just being conscious of your mortality. You know, the, the existential philosophers back then used to emphasize this, that just existing is already you're exposed to anxiety. But most of the existentialists were atheists and materialists. And I used to be one, too, by the way. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But uh, after years of my own experiences, because I've had you know, unusual experiences, and talking to other people and reading, I no longer uh, am a materialist, that's for sure. And, uh, I, you know, I, I don't particularly worry about death. I think it's probably going to be the greatest adventure of my life. Uh, so, uh, you know, but 
I think what's happening in our culture, we're being pulverized by so much information and challenged in so many ways by materialistic science, technology, uh, the internet, um, information blasting us. And at the same time, our traditional beliefs, and I'm not really a traditionalist, but I respect the traditions. I come from a big Catholic family. I love all my uh, uh, Catholic uh, brothers and sisters, although I'm not a practicing religious person myself. Um, maybe I'm exploring my own, trying to find my own way, and that's okay, it seems to me. But the anxiety of, uh, of today is perfectly understandable. I mean, look at what's happening to the country. Look at what's I mean, the dangers of, uh, of, of climate change uh, are very upsetting. Uh, the horrible inequity of wealth in this country, all over the world, all over the world right now, people are in revolt against their their governments for this pretty much for the same reasons it's the rich have all the power and the money and the rest of us uh, are, are being uh, screwed so that so there are all kinds of reasons for anxiety but at the same time we don't have the traditional inner resources we're not taught how to meditate what i point out in that essay that i wrote anybody can deal with their own anxiety if they know how to breathe and if they know how to relax their bodies and you can learn that i can explain it right now over the over the phone or rather uh, uh, just in other words it's simple and the, but these things need to be practiced you need to learn you need to be told that these things are possible but what we're told day in and day out is you have a problem go to the drugstore big pharma has the answer to all your problems what's the result of that 70,000 people last year died in, in, in this uh, opioid epidemic. Uh, so there's a lot to be uh, anxious over, especially in this modern world, modern world, this postmodern, this world that's actually looking now at the possible end of civilized life on Earth, uh, if we listen carefully to all the experts that are talking about this. So yeah, anxiety. But uh, I say we can we can we can deal with it. We have to turn within, go within ourselves, and learn and learn to calm our bodies down. We can do it without going to doctors, without spending money, without taking drugs that are going to kill us. We can do it if we learn how to do it, and uh, and it's not hard to learn. But I don't mean to sort of. You know, no, no, it's 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 relevant. It's it's relevant because I don't think we're going to get to really know our spiritual selves if we can't get past number one, the drugs they have us on, and then number two, past our own psyches. You know, when I had uh, anxiety, that was a big spiritual transition for me. Mm-hmm. It was um, one of those t- times, and I think I'm just curious what your thoughts on this are. I thought I had to be a certain person for everybody in my life. Like, um, you know, go to school, go to college, get a job. You should do this. You should be that. All these things I should and shouldn't do. But deep down, deep down, I wasn't any of those things. Uh, I wanted to do what I'm doing now, you know, or something like this. And uh, uh, I didn't want to work a nine to five job every day. I wanted to uh, just be myself. 
And that's what it was all about. I couldn't relax on my own because I wasn't happy with my own skin because I was trying to please everybody all the time, you know, and that's the problem. It is a problem. And, and, you know, uh, I, I don't know how that, uh, I don't know. I was not raised that way or just maybe instinctively. Uh, no one bugged me when I was a kid. My, my parents were not educated, uh, but uh, they were, when they, when I discovered that I could go to college, uh, uh, you know, wasn't too expensive. They, they backed me up and all of that. So, but, but you're right. Having to live up to other people's expectations. And I, I, my understanding is, uh, of course, I'm I'm not subject to this, but young people and kids apparently are bullied on on the internet and 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 tormented for what they are, or what they're not, or what they're not. You see, there's a lot of of that kind of bullying. I mean, I was bullied when I was when I was a kid too, uh, and the only way I could stop the bullying was one day I beat up one of the bullies, and uh, and that was the end of it. You see, but. Uh, uh, I agree that if we live, we live in a world where uh, the pressures of society and the expectations, uh, we don't even know where these things come from. We, we're just, you know, we sort of grow up and we're passive victims of all the advertising and all of the nastiness uh, and the BS around us. And uh, we need to discover on our own, or as you did, uh, and as I did, and many people do, discover on your own that you travel your own way. And uh, you can respect other people's views and, uh, and respect other people's uh, attitudes and ideals, but you have to be at one with yourself. I love, let, me, let me finish this little point with a saying, because you asked my opinion. I take this very seriously, what you just asked. Um, and I, something I learned from, you know, uh, from Socrates, I was a uh, philosophy teacher for many years, and uh, uh, Socrates is my hero. And what he said, he said, I would rather be at war with the whole world than at war with myself. I never forgot that. That was the most important thing I think I ever learned from philosophy. You have to be in harmony with yourself. And, uh, and if you run into conflicts, as long as you have your, this is, you know, you have to trust your own insights as to what is right for you and, and what is right and wrong. I mean, you know, everyone has to discover this themselves first. They can't just, uh, allow themselves to be uh, bossed around by external uh, forces. So. Uh, what you said, I'm in com- complete uh, accord with you. It's a big thing, and it's harder and harder for people today to um, strike out on their own, it seems to me. Uh, women, for example, are, uh, are fighting back against being oppressed and objectified. Uh, that, that, that's another thing that's happening in the culture. But uh, the, it, it's, so it's a challenging time to be alive, very challenging. Yeah. You're not lying. And so people, they need, um, they need immediate relief from it. Anxiety is horrible. God, an anxiety attack is awful. And so of course, you know, when when a pharmacist comes along or a a doctor and says, here's a pill, it'll make it go away immediately. And as long as you got this pill, it'll never come back. 
But have you ever yeah. seen anybody like I've went through opiate withdrawals myself, but I've also mm-hmm. seen another person go through uh, Xanax withdrawals, and it was awful. It's awful, huh. you know. Um, huh. Huh. Then, well, you know how I cured yeah. all this stuff. And here's the thing, and then maybe this is just me, and I, I kind of want to know your thoughts on this too. But it was a retraining of the mind. I had to teach myself how to relax again. So I would listen to uh, hypnotic tapes and and visualize myself relaxing. I also had to laugh. I was told to laugh as much as possible, face my fears Uh as much as possible, and get as much Uh sunlight and exercise as possible. And at first I was thinking, as sick as I am now and how I feel, I mean, my skin was literally green. How could all of that just cure me? But it did. It took time. Don't get me wrong, but it did. Right. It right. did cure me. Well, you sound like a uh, like you did the right thing, man. And, and I completely agree with you. It does take time, and you do have to make the changes. Uh, but uh, it's possible. You proved it. Uh, and uh, so, you know, uh, that. Uh, that's an important piece of information that, that, that we're sharing with, with whoever's listening to us right now. Yeah. Uh, um, absolutely. The, the, you've written a lot of books. I didn't mention them all, but one title gets my attention more than uh, the levitation and, and uh, Joseph of Cobertino is uh-huh. a book that you have called uh, The Final Choice, Death or Transcendence. Oh. Oh gosh, yeah. Oh, that's the yeah, right. Well, yeah, that 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 uh, actually that was the first book I ever wrote, and then recently uh, I was uh, invited to reprint it by an English publisher, and I said I'll do it. But since the book is, you know, I think I published that book in 1985. I said, I want to rewrite it because I've learned a lot since then. So I rewrote, I actually cut the book in half. I don't know which book, you, you, or you just have the title. You don't have the book. In front That's of right. You. Yeah. So, yeah, what, what I do in that book is, um, uh, <clears throat> well, for one thing, I, I describe a lot of the evidence for life after death. I thought you were going to say the, that the book that you were more interested in was, uh, experiencing the next world now, which is related to the final choice. The final, the final choice really is about uh, the need to create a new, uh, a new spiritual vision, and it describes various uh, facets of uh, really the stuff that we were just talking about, the, the breakdown of, of our worldview. And, and so what the book does is... Um, explore uh, all the different kinds of evidence available that enable us to get a more positive uh, spiritual uh, view that and that that deals with the objections of science I mean modern science which has taken over our lives in so many ways has basically been based upon the assumption of materialism but that's only because modern science is primarily material in its aims. Uh, chemistry, biology, I mean, and much of it, of course, is quite wonderful. I mean, modern medical science, although 
in this country, we have a pretty, uh, we have some real problems with our medical uh, uh, health care system. But, you know, science has enabled us to, uh, you know, the technology of transportation. Uh, on the other hand, thousands of people are, are killed constantly uh, by the automobile. Mm-hmm. So, in other words, the, the, the technology and the science that has transformed life on Earth is both a blessing and both a, a, a totally destructive of traditional uh, ways of looking at the world. And, obviously, right now, we're witnessing the effects of the destructive effects of technology on Mother Earth, without which we can't live. We, we, we're not going to survive unless this planet is, uh, is saved from, these, uh, from the, old, the overheating that's taking place right now. So that's, these are some of the issues that I uh, discuss in, in that book. Uh, but uh, also one of the main themes is to make the case, well, let's, let's put it this way. What would be the most significant uh, step that we need to take to, A, uh, transcend materialism, and, B, establish a, a more spiritual outlook? I would say this. We have to confront the fact of our mortality and see if there's anything that lies beyond that. And is there, I mean, so my approach, by the way, uh, is to use science to try to recover the truths that we've lost through science. So scientists have, in fact, been studying, at least since the 18th century, have been collecting evidence but they really picked up at the end of the 19th century and right on into the present. But many scientists uh, and writers and researchers have explored, have been exploring the, the evidence that points toward human beings. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Consciousness continuing after the death of their bodies. And uh, so that, that is one of the main things that I've, I've spent my time uh, investigating. Sure. And again, I've, I've had some experiences uh, that uh, have certainly maybe not quite convinced me, but pushed me toward uh, conviction. Well, and then I've, yeah. Let's, uh, I, we got to take a break, but that's a good place okay. to leave off. Cause that's exactly uh, what I was going to ask you. Um, 
usually when we talk about these things, somebody's had some of their own experiences. So I'll definitely love to hear about some of the experiences you've had. Um, All right. When we get back, guys, we're going to talk about that. I'm Joe Root. This is Lighting the Void. You stay with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to Lighting the Void Radio. and I want to remind you to keep your radio, phone, tablet, or computer tuned to The Fringe FM and visit the website, thefringe.fm, to listen to the entire lineup of shows. You can also catch my broadcast, The Secret Teachings, Monday through Friday, beginning at 12 a.m. midnight U.S. Pacific Time, right here on The Fringe FM. And you're listening to The Fringe FM. OMG, people are jumping on board to the Life Change Tea Regiment. Brew, steep, and drink for a gentle, taste great cleanse. It's changing how they feel. See what everybody's talking about. Log on to GetTheTea.com. That's GetTheTea.com. Life Change Tea aids in digestive slowdown and helps people get moving down a healthy path. We won't make claims. We'll just let you decide. Experience is much better than a commercial anyway. If you want results, log on to GetTheTea.com and purchase your super strength cleansing tea. You won't be disappointed. And if you're looking for some mind-body suggestions, go to YouTube and punch in the search bar, Health Matters Now. That's Health Matters Now. Put power into your health now. So, GetTheTea.com. That's GetTheTea.com for Super Strength Tea. And YouTube, Health Matters Now. That's Health Matters Now for valuable suggestions. GetTheTea.com. The tea that makes you go. This is Reverend John M. Polk. Please visit me at johnpolkmedia.com and visit my show, Quantum Hologram Matrix, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, every Tuesday on thefringe.fm. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. Hey, Fringe FM listeners, did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or no Wi-Fi available, you can still listen to every minute of the Fringe FM by calling 701-719-3971. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. Saves your data plan and no extra cost if you have unlimited minutes. Call 701-719-3971. That's 701-719-3971. Listen to the Fringe FM on any phone, anytime, anywhere. 
Hey, is that a new music app? Yeah, check it out. Surfer Music Discovery. It links to thousands of online stations, but the twist is you see the song names and artists that are now playing live. That's different. No guessing. Looks like a waterfall of music. So many formats. Rock, oldies, country, R&B, jazz, and a whole lot more. How's that spelled? Surfer. S-U-R-F-R. Is it expensive? It's free. No need to sign up or sign in. Get the Surfer Music app free from Google Play or the App Store. Hola, French listeners. This is Dave Cruz of Beyond the Strange, and you're listening to The Fringe FM. so much for that and if you want to donate to the show you can and just go to lightningaboard.com there's a donate button there or you can grab some swag off of the shop we got all kinds of stuff in that shop even overpriced socks but they're fabulous socks they, they got the whole entire logo on there and uh, you'll impress all your friends with your new overpriced lighting the void socks just go to the shop there's stickers and stuff in there too and winter clothes tonight we're talking with uh, our guest michael grosso and his fascinating wrote quite a few books actually i only mentioned a few at the start of the show and before the break you were saying you were talking about uh, life after death and some of these contemplations but then you said you know you've had your own experiences with these things can you tell me what happened to you well yeah i have a couple of things that uh that uh i could describe to you first of all whenever someone asks me do you believe in ghosts i i find that a funny question I say, I don't believe, I know. And I'll tell you why, uh, uh, an example, one example at least. least. I was teaching a course, and one of my students, a young woman, uh, I was a young teacher myself when I taught this course, uh, who was, I would say, the brightest person in my class. She was an extremely intelligent woman. Uh, and a nurse, by the way, <clears throat> uh, she told me that her house was haunted. And she said, uh, described, at least she said at least nine people, like family members, including her kids, encountered this entity. And or it was a, a person who often seemed to show up in the bathroom uh, when the girls were showering. And so I said, this is a dirty old ghost you've got. And you've got to just tell them off and tell them to get out, curse them out and all the rest. And uh, so, of course, I didn't know what was going on because, you know, I was just re- reacting off the top of my head. So then I said, you know, she, uh, I gave her a little picture of Padre Pio, who was a Catholic saint that my mother introduced me to. And uh, I, 
I said, why, why don't you take this and put this in your house? And maybe that'll scare the ghost away. So she put it out of the reach of her, of her very small children in a, in a glass cabinet where they couldn't reach it on the top. And in a, within a day or so, she called me and told me, it's, it's gone. It just dematerialized. Uh, okay, that sounds uh, like he doesn't want it. He's not apparently intimidated by the Padre. Uh, so one day I asked her, I said, could I come and spend the night uh, in, in, your, in your house? And just, you know, maybe something will happen while I'm there. And she said, you're welcome. And so I went and I spent the night in, in, in her house. And uh, she sat me down downstairs in a, in a, on a couch, pointing an area in, to an area in that room where, the, where this apparition frequently took place or, or manifested. So frankly, I, I was, you know, I didn't expect anything. I, you know, you just don't expect it. So she went there, the family went to sleep and I was down on the couch uh, and I was reading. And my aim was to stay awake and observe, see what happens. So maybe an hour later, um, I'm, I'm reading, and uh, I suddenly, in this room, there's nobody in the room but me, I hear a gong ring. And I look up and I notice on the wall is a round drum with, with a gong stick. So I, hmm. I get up. And I, and I pull the stick out and I ring and I hit it and I get the same sound that I just heard. So I said to myself, what the hell is that? It, 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 it must be here. It rang the gong. I didn't, the stick didn't move, but that was the sound that I heard. A moment later, the woman, my student comes down the stairway and says, what are you, what are you making all this noise for with the gong? I said, the second one I made. But the first one, it seems to have been your friend. And he, so she just said, oh, yeah, he does stuff like that. And she goes back upstairs. So I'm lying there and I'm thinking to myself, wow, I got, I got some evidence that there's something there. I know I heard that gong. And she came down and proved, proved that she heard a sound. So I'm sitting there smugly thinking I got something. And about 20 minutes later, I'm still reading. I look up. And into the corner of the room, I notice a, a diaphanous, hovering form that looked like uh, maybe a human being, but it was uh, it was this uh, fluid kind of transparent form. And the minute I laid eyes on it, it marches right directly at me. And it wraps itself around me and paralyzes me. And I'm staring in the face of this amorphous, ghost-like entity that has locked me into a paralyzed posture. And I'm thinking to myself two thoughts. I'm terrified, and I'm howling to myself with delight that I'm being attacked by a ghost. I've got evidence here. But I was at the same time terrified. Well, this lasted about, you know, a second or so. And I could feel it release myself and it vanished. So um, 
I didn't say anything. I didn't cry out. I told the whole story in the morning over breakfast. Uh, but uh, that's an interesting story. And so <laughs> I was physically attacked by a ghost in, in, a, in a haunted house that nine other people saw. I also heard the gong. The photograph disappeared. Uh, I don't know, what more do you need is to be convinced that there was something really going on in that house? And uh, so that was, that's one experience that, that I had that was pretty striking. But I've had a couple of others. Well, that would convince me, for sure. Yeah, I would think so. I would think so. And uh, I, I, it, it's funny, it's very, it's remotely conceivable to me that I created that entity myself just to scare myself and prove but I can't believe that. You see, a lot of the stories that you hear about unusual entities, they're dismissed because people say, oh, that's just your fantasy or your own hallucination. But that didn't feel that way to me. I felt that that entity was angry with me because I was instructing my student and her family not to be afraid and to just tell it the ghost to, you know, get out of here, you dirty old ghost. You're not supposed to be looking at women. And go back where you came from, wherever you are, you know. So I felt he, that, that he was there and to scare me. Uh, of course, it, it did frighten me, but it also instructed me that there was <laughs> something really going on. And uh, so that that was that story. But uh, I'll mention one other uh, thing that was striking for me. Um, I, this was a, a hot night. I was living on the East Coast. On, uh, I was teaching at, in Jersey City, uh, New Jersey City University. And I, uh, it was a very hot night. So I, and I couldn't sleep. So I got out of my bed and I went into the living room and, and lay on the couch where the room was a little cooler. And I was just lying there awake, pretty much awake, but trying to drift off to sleep. When I look up... Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And, and there is my dead grandmother right in front of me. About, all right, maybe five or six feet away from me. And with her, standing with her, the two of them are gazing at me and through me. The second person was a woman who I'd never seen before. Younger than my grandmother, but but they both looked young and, 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 and very sort of attractive. And and the the other woman 
I immediately thought, looks like my mother. So that was it. They appeared and just, and I just, and then, then they vanished. So I called hmm. my mother up and I said, Mom, I had this dream or vision. I was really awake. I was awake. Of Grandma, your, your mom, and she was with a woman. And I described the woman and I said, and she kind of looked a little bit like you, Mom. And she said, well, that sounds like your Aunt Katie. And, and she said, come to the house, come visit me, and I'm going to show you a big family picture that you've never seen of, of, uh, on, her, on my mother's side. So I went, and later, you know, later in the week I visited my mother, and she showed me the photograph. I immediately picked out the woman that I saw in the dream. And, and that wow. woman was the sister, the sister of, of my grandmother who was dead, who was also dead. Both of these women were dead. I have never seen this lady. And my mother told me a story that when I was a very small child, and this, when this happened, I was in my 20s. I was a graduate student. When I was a child, I was my Aunt Kay and my grandmother came to visit my mother, and they wanted to see me because I was a little new baby, newborn baby. And my mother wouldn't let them because she said, he's asleep. Actually, she was embarrassed because it was a very broken down crib that I was in. But that was hmm. it. I never saw the woman and she never saw me. So I thought to myself, maybe 27 years later, she wanted to check old Mike out. <laughs> and, and she came to see me. I don't know if the only explanation I can think of. But uh, I was able to in instantly pick that that woman out. That's the woman that I saw. Well, so, are you familiar uh, with um, Robert Monroe and the Monroe Institute? Yeah, that's very close to where I live, and and, and I've been there, and uh, I never met Monroe, but I have colleagues that work with these people. Yes, I, I I'm aware of them. Interesting you, people. You know what you're describing is a lot of what he describes in his books um, hmm. perverted, kind of like perverted ghosts, as well as seeing family members and people in the pictures hmm. that mm -hmm. are a part of your life, but you never really met. Also him meeting his father and deceased loved ones, you know, not, not necessarily dying, but just going out of the body and, and kind of describing right. a lot of ghosts and paranormal activity that we think are hauntings are really just, people that have passed on or people that are just out of their body while they're sleeping. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I read his first book, by the way, and got very interested in, 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 uh, in him. And uh, I should go, I don't have the book anymore. I should go back and read it again. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's a great place. They, people go there from all parts of the world. And, and some of them then come to Charlottesville because, I live in Charlottesville and, and hang out with uh, a group of scientists who uh, the only uh, department in the United States in, uh, university that studies evidence for life after death at the University of Virginia. So I'm not part of, officially part of it, but I'm a friend who hangs out with the various scholars and researchers there. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I don't teach anymore. Thank goodness. <laughs> I'm, I'm just I'm do, doing my own research. Sure. Yeah, I understand. Sure. Yeah.
Yeah, it's just a, there's there's so many. Like I started the show, and I, I, people that listen to the show are like, "Oh God, he's saying it again." But really, I started the show based on that guy's books and a couple other things. And oh, really? it seems like every guest I have on is just like validating all the stuff the guy's talking about in there. Uh, I'm not saying Robert yeah. Monroe's the end all be all. I just think that that's that's where I'm getting my information from. Um, yeah. Have you yourself had any experiences like that since you have seemed to be able to tap into these things? Have you yourself had any out of body experiences? Uh, yes, I have. I've had, uh, at least, uh, I would say two, uh, clear, unmistakable out of body experiences. Uh, but they were both very deep. The first one, I, I recall waking waking up from the dream out of my body, hovering right in front of the window, uh, the bedroom window. Clearly, I was out of my body, right with my nose, as it were, my astral nose next to the window. And I had an instant where I, I said to myself, I can go anywhere I want now. I can go right through this window and travel. I was totally conscious, but I, I, I was frankly frightened. I thought, what if I, then I thought, what if I can't come back? And I was afraid of dying. So I snapped back into my body. Okay. And so that was my first uh, out of body experience. Not very interesting in a way, but I definitely was out. Uh, and then chickened out and then shot back into my body. The, the other, the second time that I recall vividly was I was in, in Greece on the island of Egina uh, with my girlfriend who was taking dancing classes uh, in, in Greece. And I was uh, hanging out with the uh, poets and whatnot. There were all kinds of interesting things happening. So I in, in town. So I remember one night in Greece uh, on that island, uh, deciding I was going to try to project myself out of my body. And uh, the way I did it was before I went to sleep, um, I concentrated on doing it. That's all. I kept thinking I'm going to leave my body. I visualized myself leaving my body. So I went to sleep, and I. <laughs> Woke up suddenly, and I shot out of my body. I've heard about other stories like this, by the way, of being ejected, ejaculated, as it were, out of my body. And, and I shot up into the sky, and then I, I went gliding down on the beach, where, which I was familiar with. This is right, I was living right on the beach uh, on, of this island. And it was nighttime. And it looked like the beach. It looked like I was out of my body. And I, it felt like I was out of my body. Uh, and, 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 but it didn't last, again, it did not last very long. And I can't say that I made any observations that I could later confirm were true. But the experience was there. And so that was the second time. Uh, and and I, I tried it again to do it without much success. But uh, I've had enough uh, you know, twice I've had the sense that this is possible. Uh, I've had a lot of different experiences that my own feeling, if I may offer my opinion, the reason I'm, I've had a lot of 
different experiences, but not constantly, is just so that I could be convinced that they're real. And now I've spent a good part of my life trying to understand them. And, and, and I've done research and listened to other people's stories. Uh, I, I, in my case, I think I've just been visited with these experiences as to, to, meant to inspire me to do the research I've done and to write the books and to do the explorations. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I've had a lot of very different kinds of experiences. Uh, another out-of-body experience I had, by the way, I should mention, uh, it was somewhat different because I wasn't conscious of it. But uh, this has a romantic tinge to it. I had met a girl in England, uh, and uh, when I parted, when we parted company, uh, I, she had agreed to come back. We were really quite fond of each other. So I was waiting for her to fly back, to, to, not back, to the States and to, to join me. And one night I couldn't really wait to see her. And I was thinking of her with such intensity and fantasy. I was sort of fantasizing being with her. And I'll admit it was a, it had an erotic tinge because, you know, young guy in love with a beautiful woman, I couldn't help seeing her that way. So I remembered that it was a very intense fantasy of her. And I even remembered the time of, of the night. And I went to sleep and forgot about it. And that was it. Two days later, I got a letter. This is before email. Uh, I got a letter from her. <clears throat> Saying, I remember the letter, the print says, Michael, what, it's exclamation, what were you doing in my bed last night? Okay? She dreamt of me being with her, in bed with her. At, and she told me that the timing was exactly at the time that, that I was fantasizing uh, of being with her. So that was an out-of-body experience, but I didn't experience it. No, that was that's a psychic connection. I've experienced that before. Uh, once. You have? Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Have. Wow. Um, yeah. I'd be I'm lying not. to you. I'd be totally lying to you if I said I didn't. That's some really personal stuff. So I'm glad that you're you're not afraid to talk about it. But those important well, things. Wait. Those are important things yeah. to to know. Yeah, I'm not embarrassed about wanting to be with a girl I was in love with, right? So <laughs> right. What's the yeah. I mean, uh, so it ha And, you know, can I tell you another quick story? The first thing I ever learned when I was, uh, I was just a very young student, and I met a guy in Central Park once, an elderly gentleman who, told, who we, we became friends later on because he was interested in philosophy and he was also an artist. He told me, before I ever heard about this stuff, that he had an out-of-body experience when he uh, once with a, a girlfriend of his who lived in Virginia, of all places, because I ended up living here. And he described the same thing that, uh, uh, that I just described to you with his girlfriend, except that he was aware of being with her. She saw him, and then she called him up and said, you know, I saw you and all that. So... Why not you? I mean, you just told me you yourself. So now, now you're the third person I know. 
because it was first this guy, Gordon Moss, then I had the experience, and now you're sharing it. So it's a powerful thing, you know, and it's, it's to be drawn to somebody and to be frustrated that you can't be with them, that might be one way of, uh, of connecting. Yeah. And yeah, and then, you know what? It, it's A lot of times people do things like... Um, what's called confirmation bias. So they'll, you know, they'll manipulate a conversation or a research to, to go towards they believe, but it's totally different when you have an experience. And then when you talk to another person and they just say, Hey, I know this sounds really strange, but the other night I was thinking of this, you know, you uh-huh. don't even say anything to them. Right. Um, right. and then, you know, that's real. That's real. Um, yeah. Yeah. Confirmation. Yeah, so it does make you wonder what's really going on out there, right? Like what's, as far as what we think consciousness is and our connections to uh, what Jung calls the collective unconscious, and I I don't know. It seems like um, I had a listener on the other night explain this, and it made a lot of sense. It seems like every time that we try to define this or narrow it down to, I don't know, a category or something, that it doesn't, sometimes it doesn't help. Maybe we just need to say, hey, we don't understand this totally, and uh, we need to explore this more. We need to put more effort into research and exploration of this. Absolutely. And uh, I do think it's a gradual process. I mean, I have slowly evolved, in my opinions, step by step, and uh, I, uh, you know, I've gradually come to believe that um, uh, your consciousness and my consciousness and everybody's consciousness are manifestations of a single one consciousness. When you think about it, Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, when you, how, how can you divide? You, you can't divide your consciousness. I mean, you can't cut it up like you can. You can break down a, a physical object into its component parts. Uh, and, um, but you can't do that to, to, a mental, uh, to a mental state. So just by an analysis of consciousness itself, I think it, beca- it can become fairly obvious that whatever it is, it's not confined. It may, we may need brain, we do need a brain to, to be aware of our consciousness. But the brain only is uh, filtering out a part of the consciousness that is total, the part through our bodies. 
And that's why we were able to understand each other. We're able to understand things. Uh, and sometimes we have experiences in which it, it looks as though uh, we're directly connected by consciousness, even though our bodies are separated in space. And that seems to happen from time to time in, in various uh, ways. Uh, and then, of course, there's the other phenomenon of, uh, of time. Uh, and, and I've also had some very striking precognitive experiences. And I'll tell you very quickly one that's uh, really striking. You, you may remember back in 1981, the attempt on the life of President Reagan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was 1981 uh, 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 that the year. But... Uh, I was teaching a course, actually, in psychic phenomena at that time. And I remember over a period of three weeks, I had three dreams that I saw President Reagan shot. Each dream was a little different. First dream, I saw where he was shot, on the shoulder. I saw him go down and crowd people. The second dream was similar. The third dream, I just saw the president naked from the waist up looking shiny with health, okay? All right, a couple of days later, and by the way, I told these dreams to my students. And I didn't know, you know, three dreams of the same dream? Okay. A couple of days after the third dream, I get a a phone call from one of my students, and her voice is quavering. She's like, Dr. Grosso, you're a psychic. The president has been shot. I didn't know. So I said, okay, you're gonna, he's not going to die. He's going to recover quickly. That's the first thing I said, because that's why I remember the dream. So, wow. uh, and, and I was right. He did. He, he, he was, the doctors said they were astonished how well he re- responded and, and, uh, and, and got well pretty quickly. But I remember that. One dream, that, that was 1982. That was the year I was born. Ah, okay, 1982. <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. All right. So that that was a, a clear instance of how did my mind know weeks in advance exactly what was going to happen to that one man, that one president. I, I can't figure that one out, you see. Uh, but I did. I will say this. I was... I think at that time I was writing that my first book and I was a little alarmed about the, uh, what was going on you know, in the world politically and all of that. And so I was thinking about the president, about uh, President Reagan, who was rather, uh, I don't know, somewhat on the uh, combative side and, you know, in terms of the, the politics, but maybe that's the explanation why I, I was tuned into him. And why I had that dream, but I've had other precogn- other precognitive experiences, but that one is the most striking. Um, uh, so. we got to take our break here, and then uh, we'll be. I want to come back and speak to you a little bit, if you don't mind, about some of the other things that you discuss. Um, psychokinesis, actually, uh, sure. if you sure. would like, yeah, because I really want to get into that. And uh, look, guys, uh, we'll be right back with uh, Michael Grosso, and hey. Tomorrow night, I want you guys to pay close attention to tomorrow night's show, too, just like you are here with us tonight. Tomorrow night, Roger Landry is going to be here with us from the Liberty Beacon Project. And that one, you're going to, well, 
you ain't going to have a choice but to pay attention. This guy's intense. Who's going to be here tomorrow night? Tonight, our guest is Michael Grosso. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Thanks for listening to this broadcast. Need another late night fix? You can tune in every weeknight to Lighting the Void with Joe Root on The Fringe FM. Hi, this is David Oman with HouseWithTheEndOfTheDrive.com. You're listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM. I like to listen to Lighting the Void because of the guests, the content, and the host, Joe Root. He's smart, he's intelligent, and he seems to ask the questions that we all have on our mind. We're all searching for the truth, and Joe helps us get closer to it. I love this show. I love this show. I love this show. Light in the Void. What's up, Joe? Hey, man, I just wanted to say your show, dude, keeps getting better and better and better. I love Lighting the Void and the Fringe FM. Hi, this is Aaron Hunter, host of Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast where we tell real paranormal experiences of people from around the world. And we also conduct interviews with authors, investigators, psychics, and mediums. Real people, real stories, real fear. Thursdays at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern on The Fringe FM. See you then. Hey, this check is wrong. I worked a holiday and seven hours of overtime. Not getting paid correctly is a real pain. It could also hurt our boss if our company provides out-of-compliance checks. That's right. Construction companies doing business with the government can get fined, or officials of the companies can go to jail if the checks aren't right. It's a law. The Davis-Bacon Act has 30 compliance issues for every check, but there is an easy way for construction companies to be in compliance. EMARS offers Compliant Client, a web-based system that finds and corrects all 30 of the possible out-of-compliance check issues. Users of Compliant Client report an 80% savings in time and money. Running a weekly payroll usually takes about five minutes. All 15,000-plus clients of EMARS have never had a legal compliance issue. Plus, they sleep better on check day. Contact EMARS at emarsinc.com or call 480-595-0466. The Fringe FM isn't just a radio station. We also provide services for all your audio production needs. If you are interested in live radio or pre-recorded podcasts, we're here to help. We even do audio enhancements and voiceovers if needed. If you want to do a podcast or live radio show and even want the option to syndicate on terrestrial radio from simple audio file enhancement to live production and call screening, we have you covered. We have worked with some of the best professionals in the business in order to provide coaching instruction for content creation, show structure, and more. Contact The Fringe Digital Media for more at info at thefringe.fm. That's info at thefringe.fm. Or call 501-777-5631 for a consultation. 
you want to know the truth? Are UFOs real? Are aliens visiting Earth? Are governments around the world hiding the biggest secret in history? We're UFO Seekers, official partner of The Fringe FM, and we're on a hunt for the truth. Join us as we investigate locations like Area 51 by subscribing on YouTube at youtube.com slash UFO Seekers. Hey, Fringe FM listeners. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or no Wi-Fi available, you can still listen to every minute of the Fringe FM by calling 701-719-3971. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. Saves your data plan and no extra cost if you have unlimited minutes. Call 701-719-3971. That's 701-719-3971. Listen to the Fringe FM on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Hello, this is Vance Nesbitt. Take the time to expand your mind by listening to Lighting the Void with Joe Roop right here on the Fringe FM. Alex X. Hi, I'm Alex Exum, and you're listening to the Fringe FM. is 1-800-588-0335. If you would like to text, you can text in at 501-777-5631. Welcome back to Lighting the Void. Thank you guys so much for joining us tonight on the program. Uh, The website that you want to go to, you can actually, there's two ways to get to the website, uh, Michael Grosso's website. Uh, the first one is the Blogspot website, which is consciousnessunbound.blogspot.com. Uh, and I believe the other one is, what is it, paintingthepsyche.com? Is that what it's called? Oh, that, that, that's not open yet. Oh, ah, okay, I that one's not open. Gotcha. Yeah. So, but if you do go to that one, I, I don't know if it leads to consciousness.blogspot.com, but that's where you need to go, just to clear that up. Yeah. So you oh. talk about um, there's a blog post in here, and I'm and I know I've heard that you've written about this too about psychokinesis, the magical part of our minds. This is right. the kind of stuff that that I know people say it's real. There's been studies on it. I have my doubts. I'm a little skeptical about it, but maybe you can convince me. What are your thoughts on it? Well, uh, first of all, uh, psychokinesis uh, <clears throat> means that involves mental influence directly on physical objects outside of your body. I mean, I can, I I cause my body to move. If I have anxiety, the blood pressure rises or this or that. But, uh, so what we mean then by PK or psychokinesis is direct influence uh, on a physical system uh, independently of any physical uh, uh, force, uh, uh, in other words, coming straight from your your intent, your intentions. <coughs> so now the question is, does that is that real? Uh, well, uh, first of all, 
I'll say this. There's a lot of um, experimental evidence for PK, all kinds. So the, the classic experiments of J.B. Ryan, for example, famous dice-throwing experiments back in the 1930s, uh, statistical analysis you know, in, uh, of the hundreds of studies, uh, the leading statisticians in the country confirmed the authenticity of this material. So there's a lot of, let's say, and I can go through the whole history of the different kinds of uh, 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 laboratory-based uh, psychokinetic phenomena where the mind is doing something on some physical system uh, outside of the body. So I, you can uh, follow the literature on that and see that. But to me, the really interesting psychokinetic phenomena are the spontaneous ones. We don't have these abilities to be tested in laboratories, little sort of tests, the various kinds of tests are not that emotionally exciting or significant. If we have these abilities, they seem to serve some kind of a purpose in real life. But anyway, uh, I will let, let me talk about some of the spontaneous types of, um, of PK. <clears throat> First of all, Le levitation is, if, if you'll accept my account of levitation, levitation is psychokinesis. It's, but it's bodily. It's an effect on the body, but it's so dramatic that it's inexplicable. How, how does a state of mind, an ecstatic state of mind, influence the body in such a way that it alters the impact of gravity? Well, I don't know how, but that's definitely PK. So there's tons of PK uh, uh, evidence in, in terms of uh, levitation. But then there are also healings. There are all kinds of uh, uh, tremendous uh, evidence. Incidentally, there's a very common thing that we're all familiar with, namely the, uh, uh, the, uh, the placebo effect, of which there's tons of, of uh, material proving the reality of of, uh, of the placebo effect, and that involves PK, the mind directly acting upon, upon the body uh, in ways that are unusual or un, un, uh, inexplicable. Now, they don't even say that because, you know, it's an embarrassment to many medical scientists that sometimes, take, for example, depression, pills for depression. I've studied this at some length. The placebos, in other words, the chemically inert pills, sugar pills that are administered, have almost the same effect as the, as the medicines themselves. It's a tiny difference in terms of statistics. So already there you have a kind of common uh, a form, uh, a type of evidence. The healings of, of St. Joseph, for example, all of the healings that are discussed at Lourdes, and by the way, the evidence there has to be very strong for it to count as genuine psychokinesis. But uh, there are, um, there's a book by Michael Murphy, which describes psychokinesis in sports. Uh, it's an amazing uh, uh, collection of stories that, of things that are done in the field of sports that are just simply inexplicable by all, by common means. So 
I would simply say that, um, and, you know, when my book on miracles comes out, uh, uh, I, I would hand you that if I could, because it's full of uh, the stories of psychokinesis. I think that the, the evidence is there, but um, you got to check it out. And uh, I myself have no doubt that the mind, uh, and, and then the mind can do things to the to your own body where you have to assume that something special is going on. Uh, my favorite example is the famous case of a, uh, of a man who was suffering uh, from a cancer. He had these orange-sized tumors all over his body, and he got it into his head that if he took, there was news, and it was in the news that there was a new uh, cancer cure called Kribiazin. And this guy, to make a long story short, believed in it. And the doctor knew that it was basically useless. It was already on the way to be expected to be useless. But the guy believed in it. The guy with cancer believed for some reason. He took it and the, and the, and the, and the tumors melted away almost instantly. And he got completely healthy again for months. He walked around in perfect health until he read an article that said that cobiazin was a phony drug. And instantly the, can the, the cancer game came back. So he goes to his doctor and the doctor says, the doctor understood that this was a case of disbelief was doing it. Nothing physical had changed his cancer. So he conned the guy. He said, look, I'm going to give you a proper dose. I didn't give you the right dose. And so what he did, he gave them a, a sugar pill. There's nothing we gave him. Second time, and by the way, this is all written up, well documented. <clears throat> Second time, he takes it. He thinks that he's getting cobiazin. He's not even getting cobiazin, which is useless in the first place. Again, the cancer disappears. He goes flying. He goes back to flying his planes. He's in perfect health. He finally reads an article that says, definitively, this drug is useless. Within a couple of days, the guy is dead. Now, if that's not a miracle of psychokinesis, I don't know what it what is. It shows that the mind sometimes seems to have unbelievable abilities and capacities to do things to your own body and sometimes to other bodies, but that's another story. So anyway, I don't know if I've convinced you, but I... I Maybe not, but, you know. That's something. fair. No, it's fair enough. I mean, um, I still look at this stuff as rare. I think it's possible, and that's half the yeah, reason why I want to, everyone. I think we're just so – I just think we're so behind on what humans are capable of uh, because I, of our beliefs totally, in science. Right on, right on. And, and that, that that's completely true. And, uh, and I don't blame anybody for being skeptical because as you – I mean, if you, have, you know, my, my experience is that I know a lot of people that do research in this field. Almost every single case I know involves people who have had some experience of their own that has affected them. And uh, story after story after story of individuals that suddenly have an experience and they see and then they get interested and they do research. Sometimes they're scientists, 
Uh, Evan Alexander, who wrote this best-selling book, was a dyed-in-the-wool materialist. He, and he was a neuroscientist and a physician. He had a near-death experience that totally transformed his life and, uh, and was healed, by the way, by, by his uh, near-death experience. And he's a totally different human being. So uh, on the other hand, I also know people that have just studied the literature the scientific literature, and and have listened to people's experiences, and they haven't had any experience, but they do accept the reality. Uh, and uh, so, uh, but 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 definitely, it's a big help to have an experience yourself, and and that includes stuff with UFOs. I notice you're interested in UFOs. I am too. In fact, I'm writing uh, involved in writing a big book on the topic of UFOs right now. So that's an interesting topic also. Yeah, I was going to ask you, too, um, since we only have a few minutes left here with you, what you were currently, what your plans are now, because uh, you've got quite a few books out. Is that what you're currently writing about yeah. now? Yeah, I'm writing a book I, uh, that's gonna, uh, that I have a publisher for on uh, called Smile um, of the Universe, uh, Miracles in an Age of Disbelief. The smile, meaning, because the word miracle is, the, the root of the word comes from smile, from the word smile. So a miracle is something that is so strange and wonderful that makes you smile. I kind of like that. That's why I made the title. So that's a book I'm working on. I'm working on a, a, a chapter of, uh, for a book on, uh, which tries to combine parapsychology and ufology. And that's a very interesting project, and I'm working with a guy who has had amazing experiences himself, and I had at least one major UFO experience myself. So that's another project. And there's uh, the third book I'm working with my colleagues that, you, uh, uh, that I work with, that we've published two books, uh, uh, two major anthologies, and now we're working on a third. And I'm writing a chapter uh, on PK in the third book. So I'm pretty busy, and I'm also painting. I spend a lot of my time making art. And, uh, and so I'm about to start or launch a, uh, an online gallery and uh, to, to show my art. And anyone's interested to buy. Uh, I'm getting too many paintings in my studio. I have to get rid of some of them. So it's time to sell them. Oh, cool. Anybody. <laughs> yeah, very cool. Um, and so you're apparently you're working on uh, another website too, right? That's what you told me. Uh, yeah, I am. And several, and several books uh, I'm working on. It's uh, <laughs> crazy busy, but it's fun. Uh, I, I, I've got. Uh, I live by myself, so I, I, I'm divorced, and and therefore have all my time to do work. And uh, sometimes it gets a little, uh, you know, I want to do other things, but uh, sure, yeah, that's that's what I'm up to. Well, listen, I really appreciate you uh, coming on the show tonight, and. It's been cool getting to meet you and talk to you for the first time, and I'd like to have you back so I can get a little bit more uh, deeper into some of these things uh, 
you've got a lot of uh, books I need to read. Uh, maybe uh, when you come back, we can talk about your book, uh, Experiencing the Next World Now, because that one got sure. my attention as well. I'd be up for that. I'd be up for that. I enjoy talking with you, John. You're, uh, you're a good uh, person to talk with, and um, I, I appreciate it. So uh, uh, I have a dental appointment tomorrow. <laughs> I understand. In the morning. I understand. So, uh, Thank you uh, so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for inviting me, and uh, perhaps we'll be in touch. Take care. Right. Now. You have a great night. Bye-bye. You Bye-bye. too. Fascinating guy. Yeah, and I, did, I had no idea he wrote that. I thought he only wrote like three books, but there's quite a few books on here, um, on on his website here. So... Here's the deal, folks. I only do this like maybe once in a blue moon. Uh, and the reason why I only do it once in a blue moon is because I don't, I don't like doing it. I hate doing this. But I have the worst headache in my eyeball I think I've ever... I've had this before. I don't know what it is, honestly. I wish I could tell you. But it is driving me insane. And I told him about it. And he gave me some type of, I don't know, relaxation things to do. It ain't working. But anyway, uh, I'm going to have to cut the show short tonight. I've got to take some medicine and lay down. I feel like uh, just I don't want to just sit there and tell you how bad I feel. Nobody wants to hear that. But um, I, I apologize. I'm going to have to cut this short because it's getting to the point where I can't even open my eyes. And I don't know how I'm going to do this with my eyes shut. So I really appreciate you guys coming out. We'll be back tomorrow night with uh, Roger... Landry from the Liberty Beacon Project. You guys, this guy is a wild man. He's all about um, independence. He's all about liberty, and I mean in a big way. So if you want to study up on that, go to the Liberty Beacon Project. I think they got websites in just about every country in the world. But I've had a few phone conversations with him, and uh, he's a fellow friend of mine here in Arkansas, a fellow uh, worker of Canisense, and he's a very, very intense guy. And he's going to tell you some truths that, you're not going to believe, but his whole motto is, is I dare you to try to prove me wrong about it. And when you go do the research, you'll find that he's telling the truth. I don't want to give too much away, but it's some pretty big stuff he's going to be talking about tomorrow night. Thank you guys so much for your patience. And I uh, apologize for you to you that don't understand and that are angry. And for you guys that do understand. Thank you so much. Uh, please don't copy the show without written permission. The music was by Kronoks, um, Bundy. Thank you, Don, Pacho, all of you, and the Fringe FM chat. <laughs> uh, Eric Markham, Jeremy Scott, we love you all. Please donate if you can. We'll see you tomorrow night. Good night. Discretion is advised.
your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.